0: Well, welcome to a Super Tuesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and so good to have you along here as we wrap up the month of June. Of course, I want to remind everyone uh, who has not participated yet that we still have an opportunity for you to help us finish the month strong for our friends at Preborn. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. Dennis Wilson's matching gift has been in place the entire month and it's been t- tough going. I don't mind saying it. Uh, it's been. Uh, I thought we would have nailed it by now, but uh, we've still got some opportunity for you to make a donation to Preborn and have it doubled. Uh, we're trying to raise enough money this month to get fifteen thousand dollars in to get a new ultrasound machine in for a preborn clinic. And Dennis has put up the seventy-five hundred dollar match. We just need you to help us unlock it. Eight three three eight five zero baby is the number to call. Eight three three eight five zero two 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 nine b a b y. Or just go to kbrightradio.com and uh, you can click on the banner there. Hey, it's Super Tuesday today and we're going to talk this hour about prayers and about elections. And I think it's important for us in the body of Christ to, to take a look at these things because it seems like, um, I, I remember reading a statistic, uh, well, this was many, many years ago, so I mean this is anecdotal at this point. I'm just going off of memory as opposed to things that I've got, you know, statistics right in front of me asking the question, how many Christians played the lottery? And the answer was astonishing. It was pretty high. It was, I want to say 70 or 80% of people who profess faith in Christ will have purchased a lottery ticket over the course of a year. Not necessarily compulsive gambling, but you know, I get it. If you see one of those Powerball things that's worth $500 million, you figure what's $2, right? I mean, in God's economy, it's a lot. Um, if it's all you have to live on, I mean, there's all sorts of factors that go into this. But, you know, there are some people who say, well, you know, I will give all the money to charity. I I don't think it's a wise investment. But, you know, then again, fast food isn't a wise investment either. And we do that too. So, but then the thing that really got under my skin in that regard was how many people who uh, were of that uh, ilk that would Play the lottery. Then the next question was, How many do you pray and ask God for a good result? And that number was equally as high. It was like, of the number of Christians, let me get the number straight 60% of people who confessed to being Christians also said they played the lottery. 80% of the people who's, who said that they played the lottery as Christians said they prayed and asked God for a win. Now, I don't know about you. But that just seems a little bit much, you know? I mean, if it is a game of chance, I know people would say, well, now, wait a minute, though. I mean, God's a God of everything. I mean, can't, can't he actually, you know, generate the kind of result you're looking for? Well, of course he can, but is that the way God operates? I mean, the one who created the heavens and the earth is gonna rig a lottery for you? I mean, <laughs> or me, <laughs> That's, that, that seems a bit much. But nonetheless, I have to wonder too, then, when it comes to sporting events in general, I mean, does God really care who wins the game? Because I'll be frank. I mean, there are times when you really want, I mean, we're hoping and praying. Please let him complete the pass. Please let him get the hit. But, you know, whatever it is, Lord, please intervene. But I have to wonder if that the old, you remember the movie Angels in the Outfield? This is horribly untheological to say, but, uh, uh, Danny Glover is talking to Christopher Lloyd. And, you know, Danny Glover is the manager of the Angels, of course. And Christopher Lloyd plays the Angel, who's there to help Tony Danza's character do something. And when it comes to uh, championship, they they wind up going to the World Series, which was a miracle enough because in 1994, the Angels had never been to the World Series. Of course, 2002, they went and won. Only time they've ever been. But there's this kind of like unspoken, you know, uh, mantra, I guess, among angels in the movie world that says, God doesn't help out with championship games. You know, I mean, it's, it's only the smaller, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Why, why you wonder, are we spending so much time here at the beginning of the program talking about God intervening and in, uh, lottery winnings and championship football games and things of that nature? It's because of the fact that in 2020, we had a presidential election that a lot of people were praying for a specific outcome. And it didn't happen. The outcome was that Donald Trump would defeat Joe Biden. And it was kind of a pants down spanking when you look at the number of votes that were counted. But there were two main stories along that line, along those lines, that the media did a pretty good job of running interference for the opposition to that. The first one was that Donald Trump said that the election was stolen. And of course, well, a baseless claim. It was fair and Joe Biden actually even went so far as to say he was elected fair and square, which was a silly thing for him to say. Absolutely a silly thing for him to say. There were, I mean, in terms of tampering and stuffing ballot boxes and things of that nature, there were things that were done legally that Republicans didn't like, like uh, ballot harvesting. There were things that were done illegally, like secretaries of state and state Supreme Courts were passing laws that uh, were going to impact voting. I mean, even in the president's home state of Delaware, there was an issue involving uh, mail-in voting. And, you know, the Democrats have been pushing for mail-in voting for a while because of two, two reasons. First, logistically, it makes more sense because Democrats are more likely than Republicans to vote by mail, to vote early and to vote by mail. The second part, though, that's a little more insidious is the fact that when there's voting by mail, it's easier to cheat because the ballots now are going through the US Postal Service what could possibly go wrong there I mean when you when you vote in person ostensibly what you've got is precinct workers who've been trained I don't know if there's any licensing or bonding I know we have a few bottom line listeners who have worked as precinct workers before and you make a pretty good wage and you are there to, you know <clears throat> to uphold the, uh, the electorate to make sure that it is a fair and square election to make sure that the people who show up to vote actually get to show up to vote there's nothing worse than what we heard in the 2020 presidential election where a lot of people who once they were given the option to vote in person you know the the initially like california gov- gave you an example of why this this is such a complicated issue you may recall that california governor gavin newsom was one of the first governors in the United States during the pandemic to say, okay, in the interest of health and safety, we're going to send everybody an actual ballot as opposed to the sample ballot, and we're encouraging everyone to vote by mail, whether you're registered to or not. Now, it was a pretty safe bet at the time because there were 18 million registered voters in California and 12 million of us registered to vote by mail. So with that many people who were potentially uh, going to be voting by mail anyway, it was a pretty safe bet for Governor Newsom that doing sending out the ballots would be no problem but a lot of conservatives did see a problem why would you send out live ballots instead of the sample ones and run the risk of somebody getting a hold of those ballots and voting for somebody else i mean that it, we saw it happen lisa and i were part of a group of people a big group of people who wanted to vote in person and you remember that in may of 2022 or 2020 governor newsom said california everyone's going to vote by mail and then the legislature had to correct some things that he did inappropriately and then they said okay you have the option you can either vote in person or vote by mail so a lot of people who got their ballots in the mail walked in and wanted to vote in person and we saw several people who showed up at the precinct and when they tried to vote they were told you already voted now maybe they were trying to double dip that's that's a possibility or maybe somebody else got a hold of their ballot in the mail and voted for them that's fraud that's i mean this criminal activity we anecdotally without going into great detail that has hit uh, our world and we know someone is actually doing time for that so it's it's just it's not i mean it's not something that the the feds take lightly any voter irregularity is usually screened pretty heavily but there were so many of them in the 2020 election that a lot of people were saying hey we're doing more. we were praying and praying and we saw this thing turned out really wild remember hillary clinton had 66 million votes and Donald Trump had 63.5 million. If just the popular voting, if we were a banana republic, if we were Venezuela or something like that, where you could stuff ballot boxes and it was simple majority that wins. So many people on the left are like, we have to fight for our democracy. But what they really want is a mob rule. That's what they're comfortable with. That's what they're used to. Is the majority gets to run over the people who don't agree with them. But then they run around telling everybody we're into inclusivity and pluralistic society, but they're really not. So when it came to the election laws, there were over 300 of them that were changed between the beginning of 2019 and the election of 2020. Some of them were changed that week. And the question about the laws being changed, there there were certain measures that were passed that were approved by state legislatures that weren't, that were supposed to be voted on by the people. There were things that were approved by the secretary of state that was actually supposed to be approved by the governor. You know, there were all sorts of irregularities. So when Donald Trump said, you know, the election was stolen, the left picked up on the quote-unquote baseless claims mantra. Even Guy Benson the other day was on Twitter saying, you know, Brett Bayer was interviewing uh, President Trump and, um, and, and there was Trump making more of those baseless claims. He did say some things that were outlandish, but he also said some things that were pretty accurate, like why aren't we doing the investigation? How is it that our popular vote went from 66 and 63, 40, so 130 million votes to over 150 million? And how did Joe Biden come up with 7 million popular vote victory? I mean, it just it just seemed kind of crazy. And there were some places where, like in Delaware, the president's home state, for example, the state legislature passed a measure that would make the uh, mail-in ballot the law of the land starting in the 2022 midterms. They passed that bill in 2019. There's only one problem. It's a ballot initiative, and the voters were supposed to vote on it. Now, Joe Biden won Delaware handily, right? So that... That wasn't going to be an issue. But the fact that the state legislature passed a bill that should have been something that was a proposition that was voted on by the residents of Delaware is a pretty good indication that there were problems in the system that needed to be addressed. The problem Donald Trump had was that he was not prepared for anything like this. He thought he could win this thing in the court of public opinion. I'll just put Jenna Ellis on every talk show and tell everybody that it was rigged. I'll put Rudy Giuliani out in front of some congressional testimony hearing thing, and that'll go ahead and do it. What they really should have done is had John Eastman in their camp all the way through. And Dr. John Eastman, a regular contributor to the bottom line show, was finally called in. He got COVID in November of 2020. They brought him in in December. By the time December rolled around, all the challenges that he issued on the president's behalf were subject to either dismissal or they said, well, we were not going to rule on it till after January 6th, which is, of course, the day the election's supposed to be certified. So now what did he have to do? Well, he came on this program and explained a memo that CNN got a hold of that explained pretty much why he was recommending the different things he was recommending. One of them involved encouraging then Vice President Mike Pence to not certify the election. And this is how CNN reports this, because now California Bar is asking the court whether or not they should disbar John Eastman for his conduct related to the advocacy for Donald Trump 2020. Um, They're basically saying that he was charged by Donald Trump to convince Mike Pence that he could actually interfere in the certification. Now, John, we've got the link at thebottomlineshow.com. I highly recommend that you go online and take a listen to how John Eastman explained to me on this program the different scenarios he laid out for President Trump. One of them did involve Governor, excuse me, not Governor not governor of Indiana, Vice President Mike Pence, not accepting the election results as certified as long as there were like seven states that could have challenged the certification of their own state electorate. And if those states had challenged and then submitted, then Vice President Pence could have said, I'm not going to certify this election until we do a recount or a revote or whatever we're going to do in these seven states. But none of that happened. So the Mike Pence could do the right thing. I, Janet Ellis went on, Charlie Kirk and was trying to explain it everything. That option was off the table. And yet, this is the, according to, well, federal investigators uh, actually went ahead and seized John Eastman's phone. Uh, they, they, they're trying to find whatever they can. The behind-the-scenes effort of the Trump team to reverse his re-election loss particularly with Eastman slated to take the stand in a trial-like proceeding if they get their way. Um, It's just interesting. The California bar's central accusation is that John Eastman engaged in, quote, moral turptitude in his 2020 election gambits, including false claims of fraud and the pressure on Mike Pence. The disciplinary attorneys are also alleging that Eastman failed to support the U.S. Constitution in violation of his professional duties and that he sought to mislead a court in a Supreme Court submission he filed on behalf of Trump. According to John Eastman's lawyers, the idea foisted by the bar that Dr. Eastman undertook the assignment to concoct a scheme to quote unquote steal the election is in one word, bunk. Uh, John Eastman explained to me and he'll explain to the court too. The theories that he was promoting were le- legal, they were legitimate, they were tenable, and they were put forward in good faith. Now, once the states did not choose to challenge the certification, then Mike Pence really couldn't do anything. And when Jenna Ellis was censured, I mean, she was on Charlie Kirk's show the day before, January 5th, saying, here's what Mike Pence can do. He couldn't do that at that point. He could have done that if the other states had done what they were uh, capable of doing back in on November 4th. November 5th but they didn't so he couldn't and all John Eastman said was here are your options so it'll be interesting to see if he does wind up uh, being disbarred by California I don't believe he lives in California anymore to be honest with you we haven't spoken in quite some time uh we've texted a little bit but uh I I hope he's doing well Uh, he's a good man he's a good godly man and I think he he put up a, a good fight for his client and wanted to see democracy preserved but every time the left comes out of left field and says, we're, we're, we're fighting to save democracy, oftentimes that means they're actually pushing us one step closer to uh, communism. And that's not an anecdotal statement. Uh, we'll, take a, a, we'll put this article up from CNN and up at thebottomlineshow.com. You can take a look at uh, what they're saying about John Eastman and uh, why uh, this case has become so important, whether or not he would be disbarred here in the people's republic of california i mentioned earlier the idea that people pray for all sorts of different things whether it's a lottery ticket winner or you know that, that you'd find the man or woman of your dreams um on the other side of this break i'm going to talk about something that uh, is important to a lot of christians and we don't always get it right how do we make sure that god actually hears our prayers and then finding peace and comfort in god's promises about not only what he hears from us in prayer but also how he's going to respond. Ray Comfort has a brand new book on this subject, and we're going to get into it on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues 2229 Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Well, special guest joining me today here on the Bottom Line Show to have a conversation about something That is important to every Christian's prayer life, I mean, every Christian's faith life. But the question is, do we know when we pray if God is actually hearing our prayers? Ray Comfort is with me today here on The Bottom Line, Uh, author, filmmaker, uh, guy who just literally written more than 100 books, the co-host of the award-winning television program that airs in nearly 200 countries, uh, produces award-winning movies. Uh, We can see fullyfreefilms.com, and his brand new book is called How to Make Sure God Hears Your Prayers. Now, this sounds like a very almost basic type of uh, uh, declaration to make, but how you can find peace and comfort in God's promises is the subtitle. But we want to get into this conversation because you want your prayer life to be effective. Ray Comfort, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show.
1: Good to be back. It's always a good sign to be invited
0: back. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. It's one thing to write one book, but you really know you're writing is making the mark if you get invited to write a second and you've published more than a hundred. What's interesting about this book, Ray, and I was thinking about this as you and I were praying before we uh, started the segment here, is the very fact that you prayed with confidence. We pray with confidence because we believe that our prayers are being heard. But there are a lot of people that I wonder if sometimes they think it's almost like a Hail Mary pass in a football game where it's like, gosh, I, I wish that God would hear this prayer, that the universe or someone would answer this prayer. Why is it that so many Christians these days are maybe having doubts about their prayer lives.
1: You know, whether or not God hears their prayers doesn't really matter until you're hanging over a thousand-foot cliff by your teeth, or you're upside down at 200,000, sorry, at twenty thousand feet in severe turbulence. Right. Then you need to know if God hears your prayers. Um, but there are certain if you wanna if you want to speak to King Charles, there are certain etiquette. You can't just show up in your pajamas, there's a certain etiquette that must take place. You may have to wear a suit. You may have to bow the head. You may have to stand over there. Don't say anything just yet. Well, it's like, it's like that on steroids with the Lord. You just can't walk up to God and click your fingers and have him react as a divine butler. And yet most people think of him like that. Yeah. And it's even worse than a divine butler. They think of him like they think of a sound man in a church. Mm-hmm. Nobody thinks about the sound man for most of the year. The sound is great. Everybody's good through the music and the preacher. Everything's just great. As soon as there's a wail that comes out of that microphone, everyone turns around the sound <laughs> man and glares at him. Uh-huh. So when things are going good, that did not even give them a second thought. When something goes bad, that's when they give them that. Ugh. Well, it's exactly the same with God. God lavishes his kindness upon humanity. Blue sky, flowers, birds, trees, sun, moon, the stars, the fruits, friends and family. All these things are wonderful gifts from God. When something goes wrong, up goes the fist. And that's because of lack of fear of God. The Bible says of Jesus, he was heard in that he feared. I guess there's no doctrine that would be more despised by the world than the doctrine of the fear of the Lord. And yet the Bible is filled with it, promises of fearing God. The Bible says uh, of Jesus, he's heard that he, in that he feared. And the scriptures say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you don't fear God and you really do see him as that old, man on that cloud in a pink nighty playing touch fingers with adam then you'll not get your prayers heard the bible says if i regard iniquity in my heart the lord will not hear isaiah hmm. says your sins are made a separation between you and you and your god so he will not hear obviously god hears everything because he's omniscient but what it means is he'll take no regard take no notice of you if you don't do exactly what the bible says and approach him with a humble heart and a contrite spirit
0: you know, I get the sensory comfort as we're talking about your brand new book, How to Make Sure God Hears Your Prayers, Find Peace and Comfort in God's Promises, which is up at the show.com. that for many of us, if we're honest with ourselves and with each other and with God with regard to our prayer life, our prayer life isn't so much us coming before the throne of grace with confidence, but rather it's a bunch of guys standing around in the clubhouse at the locker room somewhere talking about things they really hope would happen, they really wish would happen, and hoping that God's eavesdropping. Is that? I mean, that that sounds so irreverent, but has it been your experience, Ray Comfort, that that's kind of the American prayer experience in a nutshell?
1: Yeah, it's very sad. You know, you think of the prodigal son. He said to the father, give me my inheritance. And then he went off and spent it on prostitutes and riotous living, according to the older brother. He went to a far country because he didn't want to do what he did under his father's nose. And the Bible says, when he looked at that pig food, he began to desire it, and that's what brought him to his senses. Mm. And he went back to the father. He says, "I sinned against heaven, and in your sight, make me a hired servant. Take me on as a hired servant." Well, what modern the modern church does is it avoids the mention of the pig food to the prodigal son. It wants him to see a sin in its true light. When you open up those Ten Commandments and show that lust is adultery, hatred is murder, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. When you come to that revelation that your desires are like filthy pig food to God, they're unclean, those sexual desires, that's what brings you to sense it. But what should bring you to your senses? But the modern church doesn't want to confront the sinner with his sin. So he goes right. back to the father instead saying, Make me a hired servant. He goes back and says, "Dad, I've run out of money. You be my servant." And that's mm. the image that people have of God. He's a He's supposed to come running when you close your fingers, like a divine butler. And it all comes back to whether or not we see our sins in its true light. And once we do, we'll get a great revelation revelation of what God is like. That he's perfect and holy and just and you'll by no means clear the guilt and That'll produce a fear of God in our hearts. So we come before him with a, a reverential fear and trembling with a contrite and humble heart. And until that time, God will be seen as our buddy. And I don't think there's anything more that turns my stomach when mm. people think God of God is their buddy. And they say things like, you know, I got really mad at God. I so said, well, go and stand in a lightning storm and say that again. Mm. You know, God mm-hmm. is- not to be trifled with and talked to like that. We should work out our salvation with fear and trembling.
0: Powerful words from Ray Comfort today here on The Bottom Line. How to make sure God hears your prayers is the book, and find peace and comfort in God's promises. We have a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com. More to come in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line, Super Tuesday edition of the program. I'm Roger Marsh. Ray Comfort is my guest today here on this, uh, uh, this part of the program. Ray is the author of the book, How to Make Sure God Hears Your Prayers, Find Peace and Comfort in God's Promises. We've got a link for this book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we've got two copies of the book, not one, not two, what, not one, but two copies of the book to give away. 800 227 800-227-5278, 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, Ray Comfort, the author of the book, How to Make Sure God Hears Your Prayers and Find Peace and Comfort in God's Promises. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, there are a lot of people who pray for our nation on a regular basis. We do here at the Bottom Line Show on Crawford Broadcasting. We are a God and country station. Uh, well i should say all of the stations carry the bottom line show are but i'm speaking to you as you're listening on your station and you know i think it's crucial for us as christians you know the scripture tells us you know it, it, we see this in second chronicles if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways that i will hear from heaven and i will heal their land and lord we just come before you right now as a nation divided uh, a nation confused a nation uneducated and yet uh, unwilling to submit to your goodness and your mercy. You have shown your providence to us even when we didn't deserve it, and especially when we didn't deserve it. And we pray that you would show that providence right now, Father. We ask all these things in the precious and powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all God's children said, Amen. We'll take a quick break and more about how to make sure God hears your prayers with Ray Comfort coming up next as the bottom line continues.
2: You've been in an accident, and the worst thing you can do is to wait to contact Stephanie at Cover Law. Stephanie frequently talks to people who waited too long to seek help with their cases or tried to handle them on their own. And by then, it's too late. Family and friends mean well, but they can give truly bad advice. Often, even trusted advisors will try and convince you to wait for more compensation. Stephanie knows the insurance companies want you to wait. They don't want you to file police reports, and they don't want you to reach out to Stephanie at Cover Law. That's because Stephanie is keenly aware of the tactics they use and why. She spent 20 years litigating for insurance companies and knows the strategy they will use to minimize their liability and your awarded amount. Insurance companies are for profit. They don't share Stephanie's Christian values, and typically they won't be fair to you. Don't deny yourself the ability to get better. Go with a proven expert in the field of personal injury and contact Cover Law at com slash C-O-V-E-R today. Powerful words from Ray Comfort today here on The Bottom Line. How to Make
0: Sure God Hears Your Prayers is the book, and find peace and comfort in God's promises. We have a link for the book up at the com. You have a chapter in this book that I think is key because, again, if we're going to— if we're going to be honest, one of the things we re- recognize as we grow in our relationship with God, just the longer we walk with him, the more we study scripture, the more we abide with him. We begin to realize how grievous our sin really is. I don't think of too many people who go to a Greg Laurie crusade. Um, will, you know, the, the, they hear the spirit touches their heart. They hear a song, they come forward. And then you've, God begins to show them, okay, your sin was bad. No, it's really bad, but you couldn't handle it. You know, if we, If I told you how bad it was, if I showed it to you. The idea, though, that some people only bring the good stuff, treat God as their own personal valet instead of the holy judge before, you know, all of mankind. Talk about the fact that when we do have the proper attitude toward prayer, uh, that we we are guilty of our sin, but we're not condemned. I think a lot of people don't want to bring up the guilt part because they fear the condemnation parts right behind the corner.
1: The the analogy I often use, and I use it with the lost. I I say to them, "I've got a little scenario for you. Let's say you're a doctor, and before you was a man who looks well. He thinks he's well. He's fit. He's healthy. He's got a physique like mine. (laughs) But you know he's not well. You know he's going to die in two weeks because you've seen X rays of this poison seeping through his system. Hmm. You have a cure that you want to give this man. So you have dilemma. Do you show him the X rays?" Or do you give him the cure? And often people say, oh, you give him the cure, of course. And that's not going to work because this guy thinks he's healthy. He thinks he's well. He's going to say to the doctor, what are you giving me this cure for? I'm not sick. Get it out of my face. I don't need it. Now The doctor knows what he's doing. He will show him the x-rays and point to the poison seeping through a system and actually make the guy tremble and sweat and become fearful. So he comes to a point of saying, well, Doc, I see how serious this is. My life is at stake. What should I do? Now he's ready for the cure. He'll appreciate it and appropriate it because he's seen his disease, and that's made him desire the cure. And what we've done in modern evangelism is said, give your heart to Jesus. Preach the gospel. Give him the good news. Give him the cure. And we've got a nation that's hardened to the gospel. Almost everyone I know has heard of John 316, never been born again, whatever. You know, and and it's because they've never been confronted with their sins. And that's what we must do. That's what Jesus did. That's what Paul did. That's what Nathan did with David. David, when he sinned against God and violated all the commandments, coveted his neighbor's wife, lived a life, stole his neighbor's wife, committed adultery, committed murder. He skittled those commandments. Nathan didn't go up to him and say, David, God has a wonderful plan for your life. You've got a (laughs) God-shaped vacuum in your heart. No. He said, he said, Why have despised the commandment of the Lord? You are the man. He made it personal. And that's when David cried out, I've sinned against God. And that's when we see the penitent prayer of Psalm 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to loving kindness, according to the multitude of tender mercies, blot out my transgressions against you, and you only have I sinned, another seed on your side. And that was what the prodigal son actually said against heaven have I said I've done this evil in the sight of God and that's what sinners need to be confronted with with their sins and there's a way to do it without offensive you do it just by asking questions I do it all the time Mm -hmm. you can see on my YouTube channel just coming up to 250 million views blows us away wow so encouraged by it but you'll hear me say to people do you think you're a good person and they'll say yeah I think I'm a good person so well you're doing with those 10 commandments, and you take them through the comments, just let them see their own sin. Once they see the, the uh, x rays of the law, the 10 commandments, then they begin to desire the cure, they begin to thirst after righteousness, which is the function of God's law. It leaves us destitute, crying out, What must I do to be saved? So, if we know what we're doing, we'll the Felix, we'll give Felix, make him tremble. We'll, we'll preach sin, righteousness, and judgment to him. With the uh, Philippian jailer, we'll give him his own personal earthquake. <laughs> we need to shake sinners, and so that they come to a point of saying, "This is deadly serious. What must I do to be saved?" And because seeing the issues at
0: stake. Yeah, I'm talking with Ray Comfort today here on The Bottom Line. His brand new book is called How to Make Sure God Hears Your Prayers. Find peace and comfort in God's promises. We have a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com. I kind of get the sense, Ray, that when people do come to faith in Christ, that oftentimes when it comes to their prayer lives, it's kind of like Western American families when it comes to money, right? Everyone knows you need money. You got to go get money. Don't do it illegally, but if you do, don't tell me. And Figure out that if you make more than you spend, you're going to have a little money left over. And when it comes to prayer, yeah, ask God for the good stuff. Don't forget to thank him for his answers. But there's a lot more in scripture about who we are, as you were sharing, you know, our sin nature. And Also, the kind of double-edged sword of this is not only does it show us who we are, but it also shows us the value of obedience to God and His Word in our lives. Talk about how that obedience that we live out each and every day uh, with fear and trembling is a good way for us to say, boy, you want to make sure your prayers get heard? This This is the pathway to follow.
1: There is one Bible verse that's loved even by the world. I think Oprah likes it. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Like, you know, God's here to deliver his his personal Santa Claus. But what we don't understand is what the scripture is actually saying. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. When you become a Christian, you have a Gethsemane experience. This is the normal biblical conversion. You actually have a Gethsemane experience. You say, not my will, but yours be done. You give up the battle. You yield your life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. So as a Christian, when I delight myself in the Lord and I have desires of my heart, my desires are not for more, bigger, better, thicker, bigger house. Bigger car. Now, all that's gone. When I came to Christ, all those selfish desires were crucified with Christ. And I was raised in a new life saying, Lord, what would you have me to do? That's what a Christian is. Someone who's been bought the price. They're no longer their own. They belong to God. And because they're now regenerated, their desires are the same as God's desires. I'm no longer filled with greed. You ask, scripture says, and you receive not because you want to consume it upon your own lusts. All that should be gone when you're born again. You creature in Christ. So when I have desires in my heart, it's to seek first the kingdom of God and all their right, all his and his righteousness, and all that stuff will be added. God will add it if I need it. So I don't worry about getting more bigger and better. I'm no longer wanting to impress people. The only one I want to impress is God with my obedience and my love Amen. for Him. Amen. I want the words, well done, you good and faith servant. You know, there's a, a portion of scripture that just blows me away well there's a whole stack of scriptures that blow me away this 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 actually does in the sense that the centurion had faith in jesus to a point where jesus turned around and marveled this is god manifest in the flesh this is the invisible god made visible in christ god filled jesus as a hand fills a glove he was impressed. This is the one that made the sun, the moon, the stars, puppies and kittens and hummingbirds, all these things. He, was, he marveled at this faith. You see, when they gave out musical talent, I was behind the door. Hmm. If I sung down the beach, the tide wouldn't. <laughs> I can't jump. I can't run. I can't sing. I'm short. I'm, not, I'm just average at everything. But one thing I can do is I can have faith in God. Anybody yes. can. And if you have faith in God, you make Jesus marvel. You, you have the ability to make him marvel, which is, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Right. With faith, it's possible to please And, you know, if, if I have faith in you, if I say to you, brother, I, I just trust you with all my heart, that's a huge compliment to you. That'll warm your heart because mm-hmm. I've got faith in you. When we exercise faith in God, when we trust with all our heart, don't lean to our own understanding that Pleases God. And that's the type of prayer we should have. A faith-filled prayer. When Jesus prayed, he said, I thank you, Father, you heard me. You always hear me. And he, he says, I spoke out loud so that the crowd would, would believe. Right. But Jesus had absolute faith in the Father. And that's the sort of faith we should have in Him. Faith that He hears our prayers, that, that He's trustworthy, that's impossible for God to lie. Everything we rest upon as Christians, all those promises rest on this one truth. It's impossible for God to lie. He's without sin. You can lie on him with all your heart because he's not a human being. He's not, not deceitful. That's why we need to have faith in God and everything he said in his word.
0: Well, that's a great insight from Ray Comfort. It's a great way for us to conclude our conversation about his brand new book. The book is called How to Make Sure God Hears Your Prayers find peace and comfort in God's promises. We've got a link for the book at the bottomlineshow.com. Ray, take the last 60 seconds of our time together with that exhortation. There's someone who's been eavesdropping in on our conversation or watching us at myhopenow.com and they're, you know, they're having that second thought. They wouldn't say it out loud. They might say I, I have an unspoken prayer request. And the prayer request is I think my prayer life is a shambles. Give that person an encouragement that they're a lot closer to being heard and having their prayers answered than they might think.
1: Yeah, trusting, don't disbelieve God. When someone says, I'm having trouble having faith in God, I say, try that with your wife. Just say to your wife, I have, have trouble having faith in you. That's the, the beginning of a crumbling marriage. Say yeah. to your boss, I don't trust you. You've got to be without a job. So never insult a human being with unbelief or lack of trust. You're going to lose a friend or lose a wife. And never, ever have unbelief in your heart when it comes to God. Treat unbelief as you would an adulterous thought. That is a mm. lack of faith in God. Never say, God, I don't know if I can trust you. That's a great insult. Come to him, fill with faith, trusting with all your heart, not butting for a second, and uh, be sure God hears your prayers and realize the answer to prayer. Sometimes he says no, so don't be discouraged.
0: All right, good, good, encouraging, comforting words from Ray Comfort today here on the Bottom Line. Again, the link for the book "How to Make Sure God Hears Your Prayers: Find Peace and Comfort in God's Promises" is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Ray Comfort, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us today here on the Bottom Line.
1: Great to talk to you. Thank you.
0: It's always great to get some time with Ray Comfort, but especially now, as we think about this Super Tuesday edition of the Bottom Line Show, the election coming up, uh, it'll be here before you know it. Of course, uh, November 2024 is just a few months away. And Ray's new book, How to Make Sure God Hears Your Prayers, Find Peace and Comfort in God's Promises is one that's of grave importance to us in this nation, not only as we as Christians pray for our country, pray for our leadership, pray for our new leadership that may be coming in 2024, hopefully, um, but also that just as we pray for the church, as we pray for people who are in our body of Christ that are going into all the world and preaching the good news of the gospel. Two copies of Ray Comfort's book to give away, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, I hope that you are one of the two winners that we are going to reward today for calling in. Uh, We have another giveaway. We've got a couple giveaways tomorrow, looking ahead to Thursday and Friday too. Uh, Lots of giveaways this week as we head into the 4th of July holiday next week. So 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, we're going to get into a story that um, I think is important for us to kind of dissect. It was news that came out last week about something that did have an impact on the 2020 election. And the question that people are going to ask is, okay, well, what might have been, you know, why is it that uh the, the the media can lie in one direction and then all of a sudden we find out you know what's what's happening in the world and and uh, we get the truth about a certain story and you begin to wonder you know w- what's god's plan for everyone in light of all this we're going to talk hunter biden coming up next as the bottom line continues my thanks again to ray comfort for joining me today here on the bottom line to talk about a most important topic for as christians oftentimes Prayer seems kind of like a Hail Mary, doesn't it? I mean, it's it's to a lot of people. It's more of a wish, nothing more. I'm going to speak this into the universe and hope someone answers. But we know that the God of heaven and earth who made us, who created us in his image, hears our prayers. And especially whether it's God's people as a collective, as a nation, as a church praying, or if it's two or three people gathered together, one person, Um, you know, it's a bit couple weekends ago had some stuff we were moving out of the house and um, we used one of those companies that brings I won't mention their name specifically but they drop off a big container in front of your house and then you fill it up full of stuff and then someone comes and picks it up and takes it on a truck to wherever you're taking it either to a local warehouse or in our case we're just moving so uh, and and so i had been doing the heavy work Lisa and Brian had gone on ahead and the. Guy who pulls out of the truck, he's got, it's really hot that day. And he's got long sleeves on his, he's got a short sleeve shirt and a long sleeve compression thing. His name is Caesar. And he comes up and he goes, Hi, I'm Caesar. Are you Roger? He looks at the manifest. I said, Yeah. And so we start talking. And they looked at my arm and he goes, Wow, I love your arm. I have a tattoo, as I've talked about before, on my arm. My uh, biological children, Emily, Kaylee, and Jake, and I got these last year around Christmas time. And the theme is the olive branch, but I have a cross on it. And then the olive branch kind of intersects at the bottom of the cross, kind of the, the peace of Christ. Uh-huh. And then the Bible verse that I chose is 3 John 4, which is, I take no greater joy than this, that I delight in knowing that my children are walking in truth. And I thought, that's a good dad, you know, verse to have. And he goes, oh man, that's beautiful. And then he starts to pull up one of his compression sleeves. He starts to show me his ink. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this, this is fantastic, man. I mean, good for you. You've got this everywhere. He's got Bible verses and all sorts of, we just, we had the best time of fellowshipping. So Cesar, thank you so much, brother, for that time of fellowship. And, um, you know, I'm grateful for uh, the chance that we had to just kind of have that moment. But we were talking about prayer. We were talking about, you know, how God answers prayer. And sometimes, you know, we were a lot of Christians praying in 2016 that we would get some kind of godly leadership and we, <coughs> excuse me, wound up with Donald Trump, which I don't know is necessarily godly leadership, but I think God worked through him. In 2020, there was a hope for a repeat of that. And instead, what did we get was Joe Biden. And right before the election, remember there's all sorts of talk, all sorts of chatter about his son Hunter. the, the Joe Biden's son, Beau, uh, who uh, died tragically of cancer, I believe, uh, was kind of a sympathetic story on the campaign trail. Hunter Biden... Oh, man, this is a guy who um, uh, had just got a trail of all sorts of weirdness following him. Uh, the idea that he and his father had met with an executive from the Ukrainian energy firm called Burisma not long after uh, Joe Biden as vice president back then. Remember, he, there was a prosecutor investigating Burisma and the U.S. had about a billion dollars in support for Ukraine. This is all before the Russian invasion. And uh, Vice President Biden put the screws to the officials in Ukraine saying, hey, look, if you want the billion dollars, get this guy off of this company. Well, and then Hunter Biden, who has no experience in the energy business whatsoever, winds up earning, what, $50,000 a month to sit on the board of directors of this company. Um, It's very interesting because apparently... Um, a guy in Delaware was doing some work on a laptop that belonged to Hunter Biden and had all sorts of sensitive, confidential information that kind of spilled the beans on a lot of this stuff. And you remember back in October of 2020, all the major news media said, we're not covering this story. This is a, non, this is a red herring. This is trying to get, get people off the case. Remember the very famous tweet from National Public Radio, NPR? Someone asked why NPR wasn't doing an investigation of this. And they said we only cover serious real stories, and this is not a real story. Well, here they are now, two and a half years later, and guess what? It's a very real story. It's a real, real story. And you probably heard last week, uh there's questions of uh weapons possession, drug possession, trafficking, um, you know, the <laughs> the 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 list goes on. And it was very interesting to see how I mean it's been very interesting to see how these cases kind of show up in the media right you know first the fbi investigation is going to get more intense into the Joe biden issue about this and then the very next day literally the next day uh, donald trump is indicted in florida and then after trump answers the charges all 37 of them of course he pleads not guilty there's father's day then there's juneteenth and then what happens last tuesday oh by the way hunter biden's pleading guilty to a couple of different so, i'm sorry what what? What? what I, I missed that. What? Hunter Biden is pleading guilty to criminal tax charges. What? What? What do you mean criminal tax charges? What? That's kind of the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? Um. <laughs> when the New York Post ran the story in October 2020 about Hunter Biden and all these different issues, National Public Radio Kelly McBride said we should, as news media professionals, bury the story. There are, quote unquote, so many red flags in the New York Post investigation, the story does not amount to much. Quote, intelligence officials warn that Russia has been working overtime to keep the story of Hunter Biden in the spotlight, even if Russia can't be positively connected to this information. The story of how Trump associates Steve Bannon and Ruly Giuliani came into a copy of this computer hard drive has not been verified and seems suspect. And if the story could be verified, the New York Post did no forensic work to convince consumers that the emails and photos of the basis for the report had not been altered. That's the smear campaign that the left ran, the smoke and mirrors for Hunter Biden. Joe Biden won the election. And then after the election was over, there was a very famous poll, Bob Duco from uh, the Bob Duco Show and uh, the National Crawford Roundtable likes to cite often the statistics of the number of people. There were something like 10 different issues in the campaign that bode, that, that did not bear well for pres- then-Vice President Biden in running. And the margin of victory would have been considerably smaller if non-existent if the voters questioned, said, did you know about the Hunter Biden laptop story? Did you know about this? Did you know about that? If any one of those stories had found its way into biden supporters ears and minds and hearts the election would have been turned for donald trump that quickly so the idea that cnbc and msnbc etc cetera, etc cetera, were all saying this that there's no there's nothing there there's no there there all of a sudden last fall they're like you know what um it looks like there is there there uh, very interesting because when he did plead he worked out a plea deal on a couple of the charges this will satisfy the left he pleaded guilty to uh let's see one charge of possession of a firearm by a person who is a user or an addict of illegal drugs he also pleaded guilty for two instances of misdemeanor failure to file tax payments when due pursuant to a plea agreement now that's interesting sounds like he was already on probation for some tax problems and he didn't file tax payments ostensibly because it would reveal the fact that he was getting money from Burisma and would implicate his father and didn't do it. A firearm charge, which will be subject to a pretrial diversion agreement and will not be the subject of the plea agreement will also be filed by the government. So there you have it right now. What does this mean, though? Does this mean that those on the conservative side of the equation can say, we were right, ha-ha, we were right? But is that where it stops? Does this change the mind of progressives that maybe, just maybe, their candidate is a little tainted? I'm going to offer my take on this, on this Super Tuesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. continues coming up next as the Bottom Line continues. 800-696-9970 or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. We've got four minutes and seven seconds left based on my clock to get in on the giveaway for both of the Ray Comfort books. Uh, that we're giving away today, How to Make Sure God Hears Your Prayers, Find Peace and Comfort in God's Promises. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Talking about the Hunter Biden plea deal uh, entered into last week, two counts of uh, failure to file taxes when you're on a special arrangement Uh, It took them five years to come up with this, by the way. And then um, also possession of a firearm by a person who is a user of or addict to illegal drugs. That's been a big question in this whole case. And one of the big arguments that the left has made all along in this case is Hunter Biden is a non-story because he's not been charged with a crime. So the first question you have to ask is, well, are they doing this now? to try to kind of quiet the fires a little bit. It's the end of June, 2023. Well, this will, People will have forgotten. This is Let's get it out of the way, et cetera, et cetera. That's one theory, theory number one. Theory number two is that people will remember, but they'll say, okay, well, you know, he they were always picking on him. There are a lot of Biden supporters who confuse Hunter and Bo, okay? Bo, heroic son, died of cancer tragically. Hunter, kind of the crack pipe guy. Uh, grifter. I mean, he's not, there's not a whole lot of viability in this young man. And yet, now that there have been charges filed, there are those on the left who will say, okay, good. Well, he made a mistake. It's tax charges. It's no big deal. It's just like Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. It's no big deal because they focused on the fact, so he you know, got the, uh, a relationship going with an intern at the White House. So what? Doesn't matter. No, what mattered was he was impeached because he lied under oath about it and that she had access to sensitive information. You know, the same type of sensitive information that if a president said to a publisher and a reporter, hey, guess what? I've got a report, a war plan right here to take over Iran. <laughs> you get indicted for that, so Bill Clinton's impeachment's starting to make a little bit more sense 30 years after the fact. But what's very interesting is my money is on the fact that the left is going to take this and say, eh, see, it wasn't that big a deal. Let's move on. Nothing to see here. All the news media has to report it. And unfortunately, conservative media will say, see, see, clutching our pearls. We were right. See, see. But nothing will get done. This has to become a campaign issue. Here's the third option. I think it is a campaign issue. Quite frankly, I think there are those in the Democrat Party that don't want to see Joe Biden run again. And this is their out. This gives them the opportunity to say, Mr. President, You're getting up there in years, and this whole thing is never going to go away. And quite frankly, for the good of the nation, to save democracy, we're going to have you step aside and not run for president in 2024. And instead, we will keep Kamala Harris in place as vice president, and we will replace you on the ticket with, how about a white guy from the West Coast who represents establishment politics, who is the nephew of the uh, first and longest running female Speaker of the House? How about it? And you know who I'm talking about. I think this is the precursor for Gavin Newsom getting the nod in 2024. But what say you? Drop me a line at thebottomlineshow.com. Roger at thebottomlineshow.com and love to hear from you. 800-227-5278, your final chance to get in on the Ray Comfort book giveaway, how to pray uh, prayers that God hears is the theme of that book can't wait to give it to you kcbc audience enjoy the rest of your day you've got rabbi schneider and discovering the jewish jesus coming up next for those who remain on the network stephanie cover and i are going to get into some personal injury law just on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues welcome back to this special super tuesday edition of the bottom line show i'm roger marsh and one of the most politically charged uh well what's the word i'm looking for issues that's thanks One of the most politically charged issues of the modern era has been the politicization of the abortion industry. The fact that it doesn't matter who seems to be in the White House, both presidents that are Republican and Democrat alike, the Republicans talk a great game when it comes to the sanctity of human life, but they do precious little to keep the largest provider of abortions, that being Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood does four out of every 10 abortions in the U.S. that they'll acknowledge. And the rest are kind of these small mom-and-pop abortion clinics, right? They just, it's its amazing. Um, interesting to see how many of these uh, mom-and-pops don't get the, the stuff that they need. I mean, you know, the way Planned Parenthood does. Now, I'm not suggesting that the government should be funding all abortion clinics. I don't think they should be funding any of them. But it's interesting uh, to see how this is playing out in the courts especially in the court of law that it was established by donald trump uh, just in case you were keeping score at home planned parenthood's funding comes from a variety of different sources and in one of the cases they qualify for medicaid programs that allow them that planned parenthood does not pay get paid by the federal government to abort children they're much more clever than that instead of doing that what they do is they use a process called fungibility which just means that once you've earmarked monies for a certain organization then it can spill over into other areas for example they'll, they'll do medicaid uh, family planning programs which will help people on medicaid in lower income areas to get uh, contraception for example and uh, pregnancy testing and stuff like that well What'll happen is Planned Parenthood will say, okay, we need X amount of dollars for this thing. Then they'll go out and fundraise and fundraise and fundraise and fundraise. And their fundraising efforts are usually pretty successful. Planned Parenthood is a nonprofit 501c3 organization. So you can say they're tax exempt as far as the IRS is concerned. But what happens is let's say they earmark $100 million for uh, family planning, for contraception, education, this, that, and the other thing. And the federal government says, okay, we're gonna give you $100 million. Then Planned Parenthood goes out and raises money specifically for that. And they go, oh, well, look at that. We already raised $100 million for this. But the federal government already says it's for this. Well, you can't legally tell somebody who donated money for it, what they call directed donation to, that, uh, that you're going to use the money for something else. If someone says, I'm going to leave $20 million to a university to build a gymnasium, you have to build a gymnasium by law with them. But if it's an un designated gift that's music to the ears of every nonprofit organization undesignated gift means put it wherever you want to well Planned Parenthood has been generating money because of this Medicaid program from the federal government for years but they also fundraise on this so since they can't put both of those dollars that come in in the same envelope if you want to do your Dave Ramsey they indirectly wind up funding abortions because they use abortion as quote-unquote birth control so one of the ways that pro-life states have been fighting this has been to take to court issues like where they can prove that Planned Parenthood is primarily performing abortions, calling it preventive you know, contraception and getting money from the government, and then saying, we're, not, we're going to cut off the flow of tax dollars going to Planned Parenthood. You want to raise money, go ahead and raise money, but you're just not going to get free money from us. There was a lower court decision in South Carolina recently. The state stopped a Medicaid provider agreement with Planned Parenthood due to the fact that they provide abortions. They said, look, this Medicaid thing is for contraception. It's not for abortion. And you know the difference between the two is just in the name. Contraception means you do what you can to keep the conception from happening. Now, I know there are a lot of people, especially in the Catholic Church, that say we're against any form of birth control. So no... Condoms, no implants, no birth control pills, none of that stuff. And that's fair. That's your position. That's fair. Many other Christians that say, hey, you know, if you want to put up a couple of barriers to keep this from happening, we're okay with that because we know that those little swimmers are going to get through if they have to because God's God and he's sovereign, right? The amount of funding from the federal government to Planned Parenthood when George W. Bush took office it was about $130 million a year. And by the time he left office, it was double that. When Barack Obama took office, it was 300 and something million. By the time he left office, it was 500 and something million. And by the time that uh, Donald Trump took office, that 530 became 670 something. And largely because of the fact that transgender people are now using Planned Parenthood as place to get cross-sex replacement hormones. Has nothing to do with parenting, but cross-sex replacement hormones. The Fourth Circuit Court ruled against the state of South Carolina in the case of Health and Hospital Corporation of Marion City versus Tulevsky back in 2022. The high court ruled 7-2 to two that provisions in the Federal Nursing Home Reform Act created enforceable rights for nursing home residents. In 2018, South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster issued an executive order barring any entity that operated abortion clinics for being part of Medicaid. His argument was um, the program would be indirectly funding abortion. The 2018 order expanded on his 2017 order. Uh, He said in a statement at that time, taxpayer money quote, must not directly or indirectly subsidize abortion procedures like Planned Parenthood. There are a variety of agencies, clinics, and medical entities in South Carolina that will receive taxpayer funding to offer important women's health and family planning services without performing abortions. Planned Parenthood, and specifically a woman called Julie Edwards, uh, who relied on Medicaid to pay for her reproductive health services, sued the state shortly thereafter. They argued that the executive order violated federal law because Congress amended Medicaid in the 1960s to allow individuals the freedom to choose their providers. So Alliance Defending Freedom argued the case for South Carolina, and they said that 1965 amendment did not define which providers are qualified and allow states broad authority to make that determination. The district court originally granted a preliminary injunction on behalf of Planned Parenthood and Ms. Edwards, arguing that the plaintiffs were likely to succeed on the merits of their arguments. The permanent injunction was issued in 2020, but then in March 2022, a Fourth uh, Fourth Circuit Court panel, the three-judge panel, ruled in favor of Planned Parenthood. And so on appeal, they went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled seven to two against Planned Parenthood. So now they go back to the fourth court and say, figure it out. Now, please notice, if you were looking for the lasting impact of Donald Trump's presidency, it was a seven to two vote. There are three hardline defenders of progressive ideology on the bench right now. And one of them jumped ship. John Roberts jumped ship and the other conservatives, constitutionalists, voted in favor of defunding Planned Parenthood. The big win for Alliance defending freedom. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net by the way and uh, make a donation in honor of this uh, auspicious occasion. You'll be glad you did, that's for sure. Hey, we'll take a quick break. And speaking of more legal issues, Stephanie Cover of Cover Law is in studio with me today. We're going to talk about personal injury law, especially as it pertains to these summer months. Coming up next, as the bottom line continues. You know, I'll never forget the moment I met my grandson, Isaac. It actually wasn't in the delivery room. That was the first time I held him. But the first time I actually met Isaac was when I went with his mother to her ultrasound appointment, and the ultrasound technician showed us a picture of that eight-week-old baby in the womb. Uh, You know, I encourage you to contact Preborn right now and make a donation to provide that same experience for another family. Maybe there's someone in your family who's expecting a child right now. They've had the ultrasound. You've seen the picture. You've heard the heartbeat, and you think, wow, how can I? Bless someone else. Studies show that 83% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see that ultrasound either choose to become mothers and raise the children on their own, or release the child for adoption. It cuts the risk, of, it cuts the rate of abortion dramatically. But your donations are necessary right now to get more ultrasound machines into preborn health clinics. Give a gift online when you go to kbrightradio.com and click the banner that says "Preborn." Cute little baby there, wrapped up in a blanket. Or give a gift over the phone. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, that's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn, make a donation. Every ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year, so give a gift right now. Well, joining me in studio today here on the Bottom Line show, Stephanie Cover, Cover Law, Stephanie with an F, Cover is in Cover, 877-214-4935, Stephanie, the only personal injury attorney I've ever recommended, and there's no reason why you should not have her name and number in your contacts. So, I'll wait while you put her name and number in your contacts, but I'll welcome Stephanie Cover back to the Bottom Line show.
4: Thank you for having me, Roger.
0: It's good to have you here. It's good to have conversations about the things that we do. And one of the biggest questions you get not only from bottom line listeners, but from your clients on the whole, is why is it when somebody gets involved in an accident that it seems like some people get paid a certain amount for their medical stuff and other people get paid a different amount? I mean, you know, I, I, and I've had that situation it was five and a half years ago, I was involved in an accident. And I would imagine that today, if I was in that same accident, the payment might be more or might be less depending on the loss. Who determines how much people get paid for medical expenses in an accident like that? How how is it, is it the lawyers? Is it the medical companies? I mean, who determines that? Um, The
4: the person who's injured speaks to the doctor and then the attorney can um, represent what the patient said to the doctor and what the doctors report is. Mm -hmm. And so in order to evaluate uh, a case, um, there's so many variables. Well, one would be the diagnosis of the person, the prognosis of the person, the treatment the person went through, the age of the person, any pre-existing conditions they may have had. Mm. Um, you know, how do they feel? Any residual complaints? Mm-hmm. What are the residual complaints? Is it something that'll go away? If it's something that requires a future treatment and/or surgery. So there's a lot of factors that go into
0: it. I stopped counting at about 10 questions (laughs) you're asking there right now. But that's so important, isn't it? Because when you think about it, people have recovery time issues and someone my age versus someone one of my kids' ages, their recovery time is going to be a lot different. And there are so many different ways that the treatment comes about. And one of the things that I can't stress enough though, if you we tease a lot about having Stephanie's name and number in your contacts to make sure when you do have an accident, but whether it's a slip and fall, whether it's something that happens at work, maybe it's car crash, of course, we always think about those. Even recently we did an entire program on dog bites Yes. I mean, because of the fact that, there, you know, people don't realize I didn't know if I was out walking my dog and somebody came over and another dog came up and, and bit me. I didn't know I had to file a police report yes. before we get things going. But, you know, that's something you learned from Stephanie Cover with Cover Law. But I guess the, the, the bulk of what we're getting at here is there is no one size fits all. And you have to if you get involved in an accident of some form, any of the ones I just mentioned you have to take action immediately because somebody has to be asking the questions you just asked Stephanie Cover.
4: Right, and if you wait, a lot of people may say, oh, I was waiting to get better. That's the worst thing you could do. Um, not only in terms of law, but personal. If if there's something wrong, you need to correct it right away. Mm-hmm. You don't wait a week or two, um, not only for yourself, not only for the Lord, it's also for your family, uh, yes. for your job. So that's, that's being responsible when you first go to the uh, doctor, um, depending upon how you feel. If you need to go to the emergency, by ambulance, or you can drive to an urgent care or make a doctor's appointment, something should be done if you suspect that you've been hurt.
0: I heard from a bottom line listener who was a client of yours not too long ago. Uh, this is after the fact, of course, and said, I'm so glad I listened to your advice with Stephanie because when I first got hit, it didn't seem that bad. And I didn't think I was gonna need the medical attention that I really did. But boy, am I glad I got that attention. And I know, Stephanie, from what you, when uh, you consulted me after my side swiping at the hands of that very nice Christian guy who was in a big hurry and wasn't paying attention and crashed right into the side, totaled my cambering, um, I, I started getting physical therapy right away on my neck and my shoulders. And the physical therapist was able to tell me, he says, wow, it looks like, okay, I don't see any damage here from the accident per se, but it looks like your posture's off or you spend a lot of time in the chair. It's amazing what the doctors can tell you about you if only we will go and and let them do what they do best. And and I think that's where a lot of people miss out. They think, I don't want to be a bother or I, I believe God's going to heal me so I don't need medical attention. And what you're saying is, look, it's better to err on the side of overdoing it in what you think of, Because in a personal injury case, you need, as the attorney, Stephanie Culver, you need documentation that all these things
4: happened. Right. And many times when you're injured, your um, mechanics and your motion is different. Mm -hmm. And we don't even realize that. Right. You know, uh, all of a sudden somebody will say, you look like you're doing it a little bit different. Are you favoring this arm or this arm or leg or hip or anything? But we try, most people tend to block it. Mm. and just say, I'm fine, I'm going to be well. Um, but it's really important to pay attention to that because as you get older, if you don't pay attention to it, it um, your body he- begins healing in the wrong way, which yeah. causes problems when you're older, mm-hmm. and um, it's the wrong road to take.
0: Yeah, Stephanie Cover with Cover Laws in studio with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, 877-214-4935. You can also go to... K- kbrightradio.com forward slash cover c-o-v-e-r and that takes you right to the page where you can get the whole ball rolling in terms of you know, having that kind of preset is really nice because then when you do have an accident do have need you can contact stephanie's office she'll be right okay. back in touch with you but she's already got your information so you're kind of prescribed there's no cost for that just to get signed up and you know let her know that you heard her on bottom line show and that gives her a way to be able to say oh yeah i remember so if something does happen god forbid You can take care of it. The payouts are different. A lot of people will say, wow, I was in this accident, and this is what my medical costs were, and this is what my settlement was, et cetera, et cetera, and someone else will say, wait, I had the same accident, and almost identical situation, and I got a different payout. That does change, but there's one driving force behind the change that I think a lot of us don't understand, Stephanie. Please let us know why. (laughs) Enlighten us, if you will, as to why some claims pay more than others, depending on Who's in the White House, I guess, basically, or who's in the governor's mansion here in Sacramento?
4: It does change, and um, it did change after COVID.
0: Mm, interesting. Uh, companies
4: okay. felt that they were, had a loss, so they were trying to cut wherever they can.
0: So they were paying less or more inclined to pay less.
4: Yeah, you had to really you know, argue and fight about it. Interesting. Um, because they thought that's one way they can try to recover. Mm-hmm. And when you—it's just like there was a big change when there was Obamacare. Interesting. Before Obamacare, people used to go to physical therapy 35, 37 times. No one thought anything of it. After Obamacare, all of a sudden, they were changing it from four to six. Whoa. From 35 to four? Four to six. Four to
0: six. Oh, my goodness.
4: And um, they— you know, if you get more than that, you know that they, they really believe you're hurt. It also has to do with who your health care provider is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, some health care providers um, rather give pills than have you do the physical therapy modalities because it costs them to have the equipment. Mm-hmm. It costs them to uh, have physical therapists on staff. And um, actually, I've acquired some clients that had the previous type of medical provider Um, and the husband would say, my wife's not getting better. I, she needs help. And, um, I had her go through a round of physical therapy somewhere else where they knew that she needed it. And, um, she got well and uh, didn't need her pills anymore. He said, we're not taking our walks after dinner. Things are changing. She doesn't want to eat. So some medical providers will think that's a quick fix. And actually that really hurts the value of your case. Uh, some will try to refer you to YouTube, which is terrible because mm. you then don't know what you're doing wrong because it's, it's something that's different.
0: So the medical provider would then say, instead of coming in for physical therapy, there's a video on YouTube that will g- basically give you the same thing.
4: Some do that, yes. Wow.
0: That's incredible. This is the point in the Bottom Line Show in my conversation with Stephanie Culver, where we have to remind Bottom Line Show listeners of one thing: insurance companies are businesses, first and foremost. Healthcare providers are businesses, first and foremost. No one exists, and I'm saying I'll say this with so Stephanie; didn't have to. No medical company exists just to take care of you. That's correct. First and foremost, they have shareholders, they've got stockholders, or if it's a nonprofit organization, they're trying to create value for the people who donate to them, and they are there to protect their financial assets first and foremost. Now, having said that, it is the healing arts. Yes. These are people who do altruistically really want to help people. But that business component, it sounds like Stephanie Culver, the so-called Affordable Care Act was supposed to bring costs in line. Apparently, someone in the White House back in 2014 decided that physical therapy was too expensive and pills were a much better way to do this. And so from a cost standpoint, that may be, in fact, be the case. But as you're finding out, you've got a lot of clients or had clients in the past who said, hey, look, I'm, I'm still not right. These pills aren't doing the job.
4: Exactly, in health insurance uh, um, pre-Obamacare paid for chiropractic care up to a certain amount, then they cut it off completely. Mm. So not only cutting it off completely, they had a a whole bunch of chiropractors who had a big staff and employed a bunch of people, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden one day, there was no money coming in. Wow. So it does affect the industry when things like that happen because they do want the patients to still get better, but patients are more inclined to go where the insurance pays. Sure,
0: sure. And this is why working with Stephanie Cover at Cover Law is the best way to go when you have a personal injury case, because not only does she know the law and you spent probably had to go back and take enough classes with all the changes in the laws over the past four or five years, you feel like you had to pass the bar all over <laughs> again. And I'm really sorry you had to go through that, but we're grateful that you did. But also your longevity in this industry. Personal injury lawyers don't typically stay in personal injury law as long as you have, Stephanie. This must be a. This is like being a middle school math <laughs> teacher, right? I mean, it's a calling. I mean, if someone says, "I just love teaching eighth graders algebra," I mean that that's a calling to me. Personal injury law is a calling for you and for Jim. Talk. Take the final moments of our time together and talk about the ministry aspect of what you do.
4: Um. Well, before I, I I take a client, I speak to the Lord about it. Yeah. Um, to see if this person um, is really someone who who would listen to what I say, because if they don't listen, they don't need an attorney. Right. Um, who cares about themselves in the respect that they know what their relationship is with the Lord and what their oh, I'm not gonna say duties and responsibilities, but as a believer, you have you you hold certain things to your heart. And, yes. you, and you want to go ahead and pursue that. There is a great change of thinking process when someone is not a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it, it's a it, lot more different, isn't it? I mean, the, the, the differences it, are so varied.
4: Yeah, they're always looking for some uh, greener grass on the other side, and there mm-hmm. isn't any.
0: Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and the idea that you're working with uh, either Christian clients or non-Christian clients or you've got people who understand biblical values or people who don't in the legal system and you're seeing a huge gap now between the number of people who are writing laws, passing laws, judges, lawyers, et cetera, that you're coming up against that are just really the ethics and morals are kind of self-defined, if you will.
4: Yes, that's true. Um, I may take a client if I believe that if I'm with them a while and witness to them, yes, mm-hmm. um, then I can, you know, be at least a seed mm-hmm. to bring them closer to the Lord. Yeah. Um, so it's there is there are though. Um, I remember it's been a while—fifteen years plus—when I was in a courtroom and everybody always gave the Pledge of Allegiance mm-hmm. every time at first thing in the morning, first thing after lunch. And one judge, when I was there uh, years ago. Had everybody say the Pledge of Allegiance, but he omitted one nation under God. Interesting. And I remember my heart just like Mm. dropped Mm because I still remember it Mm because I was so upset. Mm -hmm. I was like, if he doesn't believe in the Lord, then there's chaos.
0: Right. right. What's going to happen in the court of law here if this guy doesn't believe that God is the giver of morals and... Values. And then and it's standards.
4: inconsistency in moods.
0: Right, right. It's incredible. And whatever the way the political winds blow and who passes whatever law kind of becomes the standard. And it's just, it's frightening. But it's important for us as believers to have good quality legal representation with a woman who represents your values as a Christian, but also understands the law too. And that's why Stephanie Cover is such a valuable asset to have on your team. Uh, 877 214 4935. Go to kbrightradio.com forward slash cover law and you can take care of everything online as well. Stephanie, great to spend some time with you. Always a pleasure. Thanks for being with
4: us today here on the bottom line. Thank you for having me, Roger.
0: Always enjoy these conversations. And Stephanie Cover, as I mentioned all the time here on the program, the only personal injury attorney I'll ever recommend. 877 214 4935. Put her name and number in your contacts, 877-214-4935, or just go to kbrightradio.com forward slash cover, C-O-V-E-R, and uh, get the ball rolling there. Some final thoughts in just a moment as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives.
3: The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility.
0: Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives my thanks again to stephanie cover of cover law for joining me in studio today here on the bottom line great to see stephanie and i pray for her and her husband jim daly and i pray, appreciate well her husband's not jim daly that's the president focused on the family her stephanie cover's husband jim is jim cover okay and <laughs> great lawyers great uh, couple of god i mean they just the men and women who who live their faith out each and every day in a very very challenging field and we're so grateful that they partner with us here at the bottom line show uh, to make this ministry, this program, possible. Also, Dennis Wilson, Wilson Financial Services, 800-696-9970. Can't thank Dennis enough and his team for the outstanding support that they provide here. And also, our friends at Preborn. We still have, speaking of Dennis, we have his uh, matching gift in place right now. Your month-end uh, contribution to Preborn will be doubled by a matching gift from Dennis Wilson uh, at 833-850-Baby. And when you make that donation. Know that if we raise, well, I should say, when we raise $7,500 this month, before the end of this month, uh, Dennis has a $7,500 matching grant in place. And that match will make it possible for us to place another ultrasound machine in a preborn clinic. And those ultrasound machines, boy, I'll tell you, 85% success rate on how many lives are saved because of preborn and these machines. All you have to do is tell people the truth with gentleness and respect, and let God do the rest of the work. When Jesus says, go into all the world and make disciples of every nation, preach the gospel to every tribe and tongue, we don't have to worry about doing anything but explaining that we are sinners saved by grace because of what God has done for us through Jesus. That's the good news and that's the bottom line.